0: Welcome to the Dorothy House podcast, my name is Anne Montague, I'm the psychological lead for Dorothy House in the family support team. In the upcoming podcast I'm going to be speaking to members of the family support team who are going to explain something about the work that they do and why it is so fundamental to our patient and family care at Dorothy House. So today we're going to be talking to Linda Owens, who's head of the bereavement service at Dorothy House, about the services that her and her team provide for patients, families, and for people in the community who've been bereaved. In many ways, in this day and age, death and bereavement are still things that we find it difficult to talk about. Yeah. And and that many people find it difficult to understand. I suppose COVID helped in a way in that it put death on our screens in front of us. It made bereavement something that people talked about. Um, but it but it feels as though it's, it's still something that people are perhaps very
1: frightened of. I think you're absolutely right, Anne. I think, as you say, COVID has helped to bring the subject out in the open, but... And it's the one thing that is certain all of us at some point in our lives will suffer a bereavement and find ourselves in a vortex of grief. But I think you and I both know, Anne, that you know, in the people that we with the people that we work with, that even though there might be an expectation that the death of someone we love is is close and we prepare for it, that until it happens, we cannot know how we will respond. And I think a lot of our work is reassuring people that they're not going mad, although it often feels like it.
0: It's something that people say very often, isn't it? I felt as though I was going crazy because the emotions, and maybe you could say something about the kind of emotions people might feel, yeah. uh, so can feel so overwhelming.
1: I think it's the overwhelming nature of grief that catches us unawares. You know, I do say to people you know it's the one thing we know for certain but it it has us on our knees you know there's a range of emotions and people talk still talk in this day and age about stages of grief and I think you and I both laugh when we hear that because I heard the wisest thing I heard someone say was there's only one stage of grief and that's permanent and I think you know while we acknowledge that there are many different emotions that they don't come in stages. They can come on the inside of an hour. It's it's just a, a a plethora of emotions at any time, in any order. And we say to people, you know, whatever you're feeling is likely to be very normal.
0: Yes. Just uh, yes. yes. to be
1: with, to be with the feeling. Don't try and push it away or change it or, you know, just to sit with how you feel. And let's be
0: clear, that might be huge sadness, despair, fury. Sometimes, sometimes people feel elated, actually. Sometimes there's a real sense of relief. Yeah. But I think what we both know is that there is an absolute roller coaster. It's not, a, it's not a straightforward linear process. It's a back and forth and an up and down, which gradually levels
1: out yeah. over a period of time. Exactly. You know, quite often I will say to people trying to get over the message that grief is unique. We all do it differently. There are many reasons why we respond in certain ways. And quite often, you know, we use a lot of um, metaphors around water and, you know, being knocked off our feet. And it's like a tsunami. Um, But also one of the ones I find people have been helpful with people is that sense of when you are first in grief it's like being plunged underwater and being forced to take a deep breath and it's very rare that you come up for air because your grief is all consuming but to reassure people that they're always moving through that water and every so often they will come up for breath and that's the respite from it And those moments on the surface get longer and longer. But it's like being plunged into an alien world. You know, it feels familiar, but it's alien. And as I say, we don't have a sat-nav for it. And Stephen Levine talks about that lovely phrase that he uses the braille method of grief that we feel our way moment to moment and that is so true yeah
0: and I guess we're you know in these podcasts we're talking we're we're trying to get across the message you're not alone yeah. and loneliness is such a fundamental part of grief and and often gets worse in the months and the years following the death of the person that you love
1: I think you're I think you're right there people can be surrounded by support. And, you know, and most people do learn to be with their grief and accommodate their grief with the love and support of family and friends. But when you wake up at three o'clock in the morning, you know, and you have that split second, where you, everything feels normal. And then within the blink of an eye, you suddenly remember what's happened. The world feels very lonely. And I think that's something that we are not prepared for. As, As you said, you know, grief can be so overwhelming and the sense of being other and being different and being isolated from other people because because until you've experienced it it's very hard to understand the whole mix of emotions that that go with it and people have often said that to us haven't they that I
0: never realized you know, when my friend or when so-and-so was going through it's what it was really like. For the person, for the, for the people closest to the person who's died, what's really hard is that things get harder before they get easier. And for people who are less connected, it sort of becomes past history yeah. and can be very painful for the people, people close, the, the bereaved people who are close to the person that's died. But, it becomes another story for everybody else, but they're living it more and more each
1: day, actually. I think one of the the hardest things to get across to people is that, you know, in those early days after someone dies, there's a lot of activity, it's very busy, you're busy doing all the practical stuff, and everyone's really supportive. And about three to four months later, you know, that support is maybe less evident and so there's a sense that of feeling worse because you have more time and space to actually reflect on the enormity of what's happened and so you can and because you it suddenly begins to dawn on you that this is this is your life now it's changed it's it's very different to the one that you were living before the person died that you can often feel that you've taken one step forward and two steps back. And I think that's when we get a lot of people ringing in at that point because they somehow feel that they're not doing it right or that they're getting worse. And so much of our work, isn't it, is about reassuring people that we can still get phone calls after two years and we will still say it's still early days. You know, and people are very, you talk about the emotions that come up and we know the one that always seems present is that guilt there's always a sense of, am I doing it right? Did I do enough? You know, it seems to be a bedfellow of grief. They should go I be and-
0: over it by now?
1: Yeah. People say, yes. people tell me I should be getting on by now.
0: And I guess that other, the other message is that thing. It's not about moving on. It's about moving forward, taking that person with you, the person who's died with you so in that context then just tell us something about the kind of services that dorothy house offers to people who've been bereaved
1: well we have a specialist team of bereavement volunteers plus our own team as you know our family support team and we provide one-to-one emotional support. I try not to use the word counseling, although people ring up and say I want counseling because we recognize that grief isn't something to fix. It's not a problem to solve, it's a way of being. And what I hope that we provide in that one-to-one is a safe space where people can explore the things that are important to them and their grief. And you know they're not judged. I think somebody once said to me, it's like holding a light, walking beside someone in grief and holding a light until they're ready to take it for themselves. The other things that we offer is we, as you know, we now or will soon have five bereavement help points, which are drop ins for anyone in our community who has been bereaved. It's a peer support group. It's facilitated by our trained volunteers, but it's peer support. And we find that they are very helpful because people come to the session once a week or twice a month. And then outside of those sessions, they make other friendships, they might start a WhatsApp group. And the important thing is that ordinarily, these people may never have been friends, or would never maybe move in the same circle. But when you meet with another bereaved person, there's a sense of connection because you know that other person gets it. And we find that that overcomes all sorts of, you know, barriers that you may have ordinarily. The walking group, have, I think, has been the most popular because there's no intensity there's people can just walk side by side they can move amongst the group they can talk about things while they're while they're walking which is much easier because you don't need to have eye contact we also do we we started doing the walks once a month we're now running them twice a month and addition to that we do a once a month walk on a sunday because we know that weekends are really hard for people Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the other thing we've been doing is the writing group which was open to everyone actually and that was initially about writing about people's experience during COVID and that is still an online group and I've, um, as you know we've just started doing more face to face but we're still offering telephone support zoom calls and one to one work.
0: So there's a real, there is a real range of support according to what people's needs are. But as you say, there will be many people who experience a bereavement who are supported by family and friends, and that will
1: be enough. And I think that is for most people. I think that's what we have to remember, is most people do accommodate their grief and work their way through it. And more and more, we are getting people ringing us very soon after someone's died because there is a shock element and we are more than happy to provide a reassuring phone call a holding phone call what we tend to do then is email people out our resources list it's like a smorgasbord of things about grief it has websites on it it has youtube clips it has ted talks and people do find that helpful because they can dip it in and out of it
0: So if you just just to kind of to finish, if there were a couple of key messages you would want to give people about
1: the process of bereavement and grief, what would they be? It would be trust your gut feeling, trust your intuitive heart as to what feels right for you. Do not judge yourself by the way others in your family are grieving because each one of you has lost a different person. And so your grief and how you respond to grief will be different. You know, there are, there are so many things I think that, that people need to just, I think, I think the thing is just to trust and to not push your grief away if you can help it, is to just allow it to be. I talk about it, you know, it's like a hun- hungry child knocking at the door wanting your attention, and it will keep knocking until you open it and almost you have to welcome it in and, and embrace it that there's never a time in your life where you need to be more self-centered. And I mean that in the truest sense in terms of being centered on self, because you have to look after yourself. You have to listen to what it is you need. You know, people often say, you know, what do you say to someone that's been bereaved? And um, I remember listening to a podcast by Susan Delaney of the Irish Hospice Foundation. And she said, If you're talking to someone who's in grief, never start a sentence with at least, at least he was old, at least he had a life. And I just think it's such a good piece of advice. You know, it's just to we need to validate people's experiences and to say when people are saying, you know, I feel like this, we don't need to jolly them along. We need to say, yeah, it's tough. I think. The overwhelming thing to remember, Anne, is that for all of us, grief is a very natural and normal process, even though it's very frightening. So even though it is a normal process, I would say that, you know, for those that are going through grief or in grief right now, Dorothy House is here and will be more than happy to provide a listening ear and support
0: so I guess, I guess Linda, listening to everything that you're saying we know um, our experience tells us what a lonely process it can be when someone close to you has died. That process of grief and bereavement is a, is a very lonely one, you can feel very alone. And what we are working to do through our bereavement service, the base, all the aspects of it, is to provide the, the support that people need so that they won't feel alone. So, Linda, thank you so much for joining us today and for and for talking through that process of bereavement. I think it'll really help people's understanding of the process.
1: Well, thank you for inviting me, Anne. It's been, it's been lovely to have this opportunity to just say a little bit about the work that we do. Thank you. So join us next week for our latest podcast.